MSW Media. How's it? It's Neil Everett from ESPN. You're listening to What We're Drinking. This is best-selling author Joel Stein. We've got BK Brian Kelly and Tyler Hubbard, also known as the duo Florida Georgia line. Well, I'm from Georgia and he's from Florida, but we we you met in Tennessee. We we met in Nashville. Well, we met on okay. Harmony. Tiffany Thiessen, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's always good to see you. And same same. To the man himself, Kenny Chesney. Very exciting time in my life and um, something that has been a vision of mine for a while. Hey everybody, this is Ed Kowalczyk from the band Live, and you're listening right now to the second best voice from Pennsylvania. To come full circle like we have and be playing at the level that we're playing and having the fun that we're having, everybody's just like, pinch me. Very, very, very thrilled to welcome Nathaniel Rateliff. The Night Sweats idea was just kind of like me in my attic. I didn't even know it was ever going to be a record than anybody that saw the light of day. So I'm here with Matthew McConaughey. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I said, could you throw a few stalks of sugar cane in there? He's like, hell no, I can't. I go, I know you can't, but... My old pal, Adam Corolla Ace, how are you? You don't know why I've continued to do your shows, or I you don't know why you love me? Pull, I think you're just going to pull the ring and just go, you know what, I've had enough of this fucking shit. But maybe it's the alcohol. Must be that. I don't have a very high threshold for like what I'll do and what I'll not do. <laughs> Hi, this is Kurt Russell. Listen, I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please, send help. Dita Von Teese. I'm yeah. not trying to shock anybody. I'm trying to change people's minds about what it is to be a stripper. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome to the show, everybody. Oh boy, exciting stuff happening here on What We're Drinking. First off, we are coming to you from one of the finest eateries in all the land. It's called Hatchet Hall. It's in, I think this is technically Culver City, but it's right in the on the border of Culver City, Mar Vista, and Venice. It is a, uh, they've gotten a Michelin star here. It is a fantastic place. Always crowded. If you live in the Los Angeles area, I'm sure you've heard it. And if you don't, get your butt here and visit Hatchet Hall. And the last time we did a show here, I was joined by the very same human being that is sitting next to me. Now, she is, uh, I mean, the greatest wine professional in, in America, maybe, my opinion. That can sure. be argued. We, we refer to her as the official wine goddess of the podcast. You know her, you love her. She's on Som TV, Claire Copey. Hi, Dan. Hi. Hi. How are you? Thanks for that intro. Well, you know. Wine goddess. You've earned it. Uh, it's funny, I, I was uh, talking about you last night because friends of mine moved to Studio City mm-hmm. and we were talking about all this great sushi there. And wasn't mm. that where uh, Sushi Note was? Or is that's that- where Sushi Note, yeah. Sushi Note is in uh, Sherman Oaks. Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Okay, so that's when you first came on my radar. I was following you on Instagram and you would post yeah. a lot of great information about wine and then you Thanks. you were at that time you I think you were at Republique possibly yeah. which is another fantastic is. restaurant yes. in LA and then you went over to Sushi Note sushi which is Note. some of the best sushi I've ever oh had my God, it's amazing and an incredible wine program absolutely yeah uh, that was kind of their claim to fame because there's a lot of beautiful sushi in um, in Los Angeles and especially in the valley but that's kind of what it set it apart was why would you not pair wine with sushi it doesn't seem intuitive to a lot of people but you would always pair wine with fish presented in another form you know in another style so why not sushi and wine and it works 
really well. There's more it, wine. You're but. right, though. It is unusual. I don't know of any other places that I've been that had a sommelier a sushi place. At a sushi place, no. And I mean, then you get into because sommeliers are also there for other beverages as well. Beer, sake. So we had a really lovely sake program as well. They still do. Um, and Come now on, don't be, don't be modest. You Once left. I left. That place really went, went to shit downhill. right after Claire left. No, they opened a location in Beverly Hills. Oh, really? I think they're doing okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, you're at Psalm TV full-time, yes. and you got some exciting stuff going on there, right? There's oh a new gosh. movie out? What's happening? Yeah, so this is a movie that's been like four years in the making for us, long before I was a part of the company. Uh, they filmed in Armenia, predominantly, and it was originally supposed to be a story about the origin of wine and religion and how that all ties together, and then it completely went off the rails. There was, of course, a war there, the previous war to the one that's going on now um, with Azerbaijan, and the producers that they're following there, the father and daughter team, winemaker team uh, for Kush Bubbles, as well as a couple other labels, had to harvest their grapes that were pretty close to the border with like bulletproof vests on. And then eventually the winemaker decides, I want to go into Iran where they cannot make wine anymore. For, because of religious Because, religious, yeah, okay, because yeah. you know, they have a, an Islamic regime there now for the past 50 or so years. And he went in and smuggled grapes, or attempts to smuggle grapes, out of Iran, and may or may not make the first Iranian wine in the past. So let me years. let me ask <laughs> it's this. An I, I'm, story. I'm serious. I, is it what would what would it be about the grapes from Iran that would mm-hmm. make it worth that risk? Because they would kill you, right, if they caught you doing it. Well, I don't know what the. I mean, I'm sure it's not a pleasant punishment. I don't know what the punishment would be. I mean, be, don't they but... kill women for driving and stuff like that? You know, I mean, <laughs> something so, along those lines. wine, they might. To be fair, this is an Armenian winemaker. They have a better relationship with Armenians okay. than with uh, a lot of other places in the world. But it's the culture. It's when you go into these areas, Armenia, Georgia, Iran, this is the cradle of wine. This is where wine comes from. It's got like, Armenia has a 6,000 year old winemaking history. They discovered wineries that date around the same time as when we discovered the wheel, which is just mind-boggling that we've already figured out how to ferment things yeah. and get drunk <laughs> for religious purposes. But And it's interesting because I, th- I, I bet most people, if you ask them, would think that wine originated in Europe. It did not. <laughs> I, I would have thought it that back in the day. Uh, but no. Okay. So, it's lost well, culture and it's exciting. Which segue here now to a... <laughs> wine region that we're going to be focusing on today on the episode mm-hmm. that is not does not have a long history no, it's, it's a very new world <laughs> yeah. wine region we're talking about new zealand yeah. which i mean as recently as the 60s right later than that actually it was didn't really have the, much going on until like the 1980s when cloudy bay released their their marlboro sauvignon blanc then it like really took off but before that it was really limited to mission vines, you know, which is a lot of the origins of New World wine regions. But okay. yeah, before the 80s, really not much. And Sauvignon Blanc, as you mentioned, that was that put New Zealand on the map. 100%. I remember uh, back in the 90s, I think I was at Aspen Food and Wine oh, and New Zealand had a, a whole section and it was the first time, I yeah. think, that they had had it there at Aspen Food and Wine. And it was all the rage, like all the New Zealand oh, yeah. Sauvignon Blancs. But that was the first I'd heard of it. And, oh, yeah. You know, and it so took off. What kind of other gra- grapes do they grow? Chardonnay, I know they do Chardonnay's there. Chardonnay's everywhere. Pinot uh, Noir. They do, they do some excellent Pinot Noir, um, especially on the South Island. You're seeing on the North Island some really great uh, Syrahs, Merlots, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, Malbec as well. Um, really excellent whites um, on the South Island, other than Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay. There's good Pinot Gris Riesling coming out. So there's a lot of really cool stuff happening in New Zealand. And we've got a selection from all over, but some of the bigger, Marlboro would probably be the biggest that region the for the wine. That, not as far as like size, but um, it's the, as far as pr- like what people know. No. People know New Zealand wines is pretty much Sauvignon Blanc. And then you've got Hawke's Bay, mm-hmm. Central Otago, mm-hmm. and then obviously like in Auckland and places like that. Yeah. Yeah. uh, North, North Canterbury. uh, And we'll get into some of those. Um, But what is it? If somebody knew nothing about wine, Mm -hmm. let's pretend I know nothing about wine. (laughs) I really don't know anything. Um, What, what would be the elevator pitch on New Zealand wine? 
Well, just that it is this exciting new wine region that it isn't tied down in the same way that a lot of these other wine regions that are more familiar with us are. And by that, I mean, when you think about the wine that a lot of us drink, they're coming from a very small percentage of regions in the world. And a lot of them are going to be Europe, which are these old regions, which, you know, they have a long history of making these beautiful wines. But with that also comes a lot of rules, a lot of, you know, very specific directions when it comes to how much of a certain grape varietal can be in the wine, how it's aged, how long it's aged, all these things, where exactly it can be planted. And they have a lot more freedom in New Zealand to kind of play around and and do what they want to do. And they're making incredible quality wines very quickly. And a lot of that has to do with where in the world it is. It's so far south. These are the southernmost vineyards in the world in New Zealand. And so with that comes a cooler climate, especially on the southern island. And that means that these grapes are going to have a nice slow ripening period. They're not going to get too high in sugar, which won't result in a super high alcohol wine. It's wines of incredible balance very easily. Okay. And that's, you know, when I think New Zealand wines, that's that's what I do think is it's a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get those 14 and a half percent alcohol wines crisp they tend to be crisp vibrant lively that's what i feel when i at least when i think about new zealand so speaking of that we're going to start right here with uh this is a winery called quartz reef yes i'm gonna let you open it because you're the pro and i'll tell you a little bit about quartz reef it was founded in 1996 and the two partners there uh or actually several partners there uh, Mm -hmm. rudy trevor and john and they have about 30, how do you say that, hectares? Hectares. Hectares. And very sun-drenched area. What, what does it say on there? What region are we talking about? So this about? is coming from central Otago. So that's on the South Island in the southern part, um, arguably some of the coolest sites in New Zealand. So you see a lot of very high-quality uh, still Pinot Noir down here, and that also makes it great for these traditional method sparkling wines. Okay. And and just to let everybody know, when you say traditional method... Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, so this is a method of secondary fermentation, which means making the delicious bubbles in your wine. There's a few different ways of doing that. Traditional method is arguably the hardest and most expensive. It's also known as the champagne method. Uh, So all of the bubbles are made directly in this bottle. They put the still wine or the blend of still wines in here. They add in sugar and yeast And sugar is food for the yeast, so it gobbles it all up, converts it into alcohol, and releases CO2, or bubbles. And so that's all happening in the bottle until the yeast dies. It kind of sits in the neck of the bottle because the bottle's tilted, and it creates this wonderful texture in the wine that's unlike anything else. You can't get it in tank method where the base wine is put in there and then just basically pressurized into having this effervescence. It's It creates all these lovely organic notes like brioche, marzipan, pastry, and mm. it's so good. I'm it's excited. It's most complex. Well, here, I'm going to give you this, and I'm also going to yes. tell you, the winemaker at Quartz Reef, I don't know if you know, his name is Rudy Bauer. He's a two-time recipient of the New Zealand Winemaker of the Year. Fabulous. Uh, he is the Biodynamic Certification. Nice. Uh, which, what does that mean? So I mean, I, biodynamics, you, you tell, yeah. they have to go like, they have to follow this calendar. It's the biodynamic calendar, which tells them specific days. It, it goes along with uh, astronomy and it's more like fine tuned into nature, basically. And they, um, they can only pick on certain days, water on certain days. And it's much more planet friendly. Okay. For sure. They, we could get into this and do a whole episode on biodynamics. But it's for people who want wines that have a little more ethos when it comes to sustainability in the planet biodynamic is one of the good things to to look for i think so you can feel good about it you can feel well, good here we while go. you're this, i'm excited about this cheers Feels like i need to get to my wine this is a non uh, vintage right uh, non-vintage it looks like yeah it's their um brut method traditionnel so i'm not sure what the blend is in here here we are so it's 76 percent pinot noir 24 percent chardonnay so it's a very typical um Blanc de Noir style in Champagne. All right, I want to hear. I want to hear what you're getting on this. Now, uh, Rudy, the winemaker, he's from Austria, and um, oh, yeah. so I guess he's bringing some of that with him over to there. He's he, from he, he trained in Austria okay. and Germany, and then he went to New Zealand yeah. uh, back in 1985. He was in Hawkes Bay. We're going to be trying some wines from that region as well at a vineyard there. called Mission Vineyard. Oh, yeah. And then he also came over here, worked in California and Oregon, where he got a love for Pinot Noir. And then he moved to Central Otago to make the first gold and trophy Pinot Noir at Ripon 
R-I-P-P-O-N, yeah. Vineyard in 1991. Then he went. So he's been all over the place before he got here. That's awesome. And he's widely considered one of the, the premier winemakers in New Zealand. And this wine is delicious. It is so good. Right? This is good sparkling, especially with the holidays coming up. Mm-hmm. And people are looking for something different than champagne or other sparkling that they're familiar with and used to. Go to these other regions like this. Like, this is a killer. Sparkling 24 wine. bucks. I was going to say, how much is it? It's 24, $24 dollars. bucks? Yeah. Are you freaking kidding me? No. That's awesome. When That's you, a great deal. What we all, we know the rule is it can't be called champagne unless it's actually made in champagne, right. but I see a lot of it that is labeled champagne. Are they just, are they just. In regions other than champagne? Well, you'll see sparkling really wines, legal. but I mean, are they just taking a shot? Are they? <laughs> yeah, they are because there is a legal. The French are fairly litigious about that, too, right? Oh, yeah, right? they just, yeah. Uh, the French just had, well, they had the Belgians destroy, what was it, like 2,000 cans of, uh, what is it, Miller High Life, the champagne of beers? Is that what <laughs> That's it? They just right. had it destroyed because they were so pissed that. that it's called the champagne of beers. They're so And by the way, it. for those of you listening, I don't want to burst the bubble here, but... Miller Miller's really not the champagne of beers. There's better beer. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, and it's also just like, that's what you're going to go after? Like, I don't think anybody's <laughs> taking a sip of Miller High Life and they're like, you know what this really reminds me of? <laughs> champagne. Um, all right. So as you said, 76% Pinot Noir, yeah. 24% Chardonnay. What, what, what is that? Why? Yeah, why? 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 Why do that? Why do that? Well, it's already been found that these grapes do very well together. And again, they have this cooler climate that you could liken it. They don't have a similar soil types or blah, blah, blah. But it is a cooler region. In Champagne, they do blend a lot of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay together and some other grapes too. But this is like a proven, these things work together and these grapes grow so well in this region. Again, very cool. So you're getting wines of high acid. And you want that acidity in a traditional method sparkling wine like this is just that backbone, that like electric razor edge acid that fills your mouth with water and wants to make you like wants you to go in for another sip. Yeah. I'm so excited about this. Sorry. This is like, I mean, this is really good. And, and again, like you said, for twenty four dollars. Insane. You can't. So this is Quartz Reef. Everybody so out there, it's available, I think, all over the United States. Twelve and a half percent ABV. Amazing. Which is nice and light. Not going to do you in too hard. Yeah, this is fantastic. All right. So do you want to move on to the Sauvignon Blanc or the Chardonnay next? Let's do the Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. So that one is going to be Mount Beautiful. So beautiful. Mount Beautiful. So beautiful. You've been there? It's really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Founded by a guy named David Teese, Kiwi. Family's been in New Zealand since the 1860s. Okay, that's a that's a good chunk of change. It's been a long time. Been it's a there, good chunk and of uh, he's come on, started this winery. We're going to do the Sauvignon Blanc, which we, we talked about earlier. We did is what they're most famous for in New Zealand, right? Yes, but generally it's coming from the region of Marlborough, which is on the northern end of the South Island. But this is North Canterbury. This is North Canterbury, which is a little more central in the. South Island. I did pour myself more. Gosh, I'm so you, free. You know, Hold you, on, let me give you another little splash here. You deserve it. <laughs> you deserve it. You've had a time. <laughs> so what do we, so is this one hundred uh, this is gonna be one hundred percent Sauvignon Blanc. This is a twenty twenty two. Just so we know, getting it out of the way right up top, it's gonna cost you eighteen dollars for Pretty this bottle. Good. All right, so now let's give it a shot and see what we got here. Now, from everything I understand about this producer, they, they're making Sauvignon Blanc slightly differently than the, uh, the producers that a lot of people are very familiar with, you know, like the big mass producer, the Kim Crawford and the, the Oyster Bay, you know, these big ones that you see out there, um, in that they're adding some barrel fermentation and aging with this. I was going to say, this is softer. It's softer. This Those is not are... that crisp New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc that I'm used to, but it, it's got a really... There's like a cut grass thing going on here. There's Definitely. a little bit of tropical flavors but happening it's not in this. Quite as because you have that texture from the oak fermentation and aging, it softens it. Like you said, it just gives it that kind of sexy little curve, as opposed to the other ones that are a lot of stainless. So it's very like primary notes hitting you in the face in a nice way. This is a little softer, a little more floral. Yeah, a lot of grapefruit on this, which you see a right? lot in New and Zealand I, Sauvignon. I feel Ball. like this with oysters or like. Mm-hmm. 
a salad with like feta cheese in there would be a oh, nice yeah, thing salinity. for this, or like a light Look pasta, right? Like a light pasta. Your um, pairings are killing. I'm, I'm, I'm really liking this a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. uh, what are those? What are the oysters? The little ones, the the kumamoto. Oh, yeah, because they got that little like melon taste. And again, eighteen bucks, right? You know, these it's, are great. Too. Yeah, it can't be stated enough. The quality of these wines and then the price the value coming out of New Zealand is just mind-boggling. I mean, there are some very expensive wines, but nothing compared to say like, you know, Burgundy or Bordeaux or some of these old world regions. Why is that? Why are they able to price it lower? A lot of it is uh, demand. I mean, these old world areas are in high demand in the market and uh, they have a certain, you know, amount of clout so they can they can do it. Um, a lot of it has to do with the cost of land if you're looking at Napa. You know, like half an acre of unplanted land or yeah. a whole acre, I think, is like half a million dollars or something like that. It's it's just crazy. It's well, absolutely crazy. Thinking big picture now, just beyond where what is happening. I've seen a couple of stories that have talked a little bit about is, is wine consumption on the down. Yeah. What's yeah. going on? I think it's just like this new generation just isn't hasn't caught on to it quite yet or it hasn't been marketed in the right way. I've seen a lot of regions like Bordeaux that are really trying to pivot and make the the wines more approachable and less of um, you have to be a collector and very rich and you can only get, you know, these top very expensive wines and and show that they have this range of approachability. But that's something I've been talking with wine professionals a lot because it seems like it really is on a decline. And a lot of these regions are making too much wine and dumping it. There's just too much. That would have been yeah. my guess, would have been wine sort of blew up. Yeah, And it had this, totally. and then, like they do, and like yeah. it's happened in the spirits world as well, you know, where you've got yeah. so many whiskeys, you've got so many, yeah. and some of them are struggling now because suddenly, and I want, did the pandemic have anything to do or with like sort of the, Probably. I mean, I guess I would have thought that we would have been drinking more based off of what I was doing during pandemic. I don't know about you. (laughs) I I would have thought that the wine market would have been booming. I remember like the first time I realized, you know, it was like a couple of weeks into the pandemic. And when we started, when it started to hit me that this was not something, you know, we all remember in the beginning when they said it was going to be two weeks, right? Yeah. And then once it became very clear that it was going to be a lot longer than two weeks, I remember the first time I was like, you know, I'm going to have some wine. (laughs) <laughs> at 11 a.m. and I had a little bit of guilt and I'm like what am I doing and then I thought well what the hell else am I gonna do you know like I'm not I can't go anywhere can't do anything I can't see anybody nope. and that's gonna be the case for a long time so yeah. uh why not uh that's what I did mitigate the pain a little bit by drinking some wine so this one <laughs> uh Mount Beautiful yeah I'm I'm digging this as well and again yeah. as, as as Claire said it's it's not the Sauvignon Blanc that I'm used to that you might expect yeah. traditionally, and you said that's because it has a little bit of barrel. The, oh, the, yes, the, yeah. the barrel, the barrel usage, and that just and also they're spic- like they're choosing very specific clones of grapes that uh, that give off certain characteristics. Yeah, I have all that here, but yeah. none of it makes any it's sense to me. Very specific on their clones. Uh, yeah, there's For a, the, you, the eye and the Q and. The planted clones are a mix. All right, ready? Here we go. The planted clones are a mix of University of Cal- UC Davis, yeah. one, and the highly regarded, I wonder, you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh. I don't. I'm just reading this. The highly regarded Bordeaux clones, 316 and 317. Sure. Love planted them. mainly on 3309 and 330. <laughs> what the hell is this going is on? This is Reparia serious. Glur rootstock. Yeah. Do you have so any idea what I'm saying right that now? They've, they've grafted the vine itself onto a different rootstock. Why? 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 What is that? Because they want it to thrive in those specific conditions, and they are looking for certain. It's all these studies have been done with you know Chardonnay clones, Pinot Noir clones. Some do better in certain climates. Some give off more acid. Some have more tannin. So they have all these little nuances in them. So they have to go to the you know the vine supermarket and go shopping and pick the the vines that they want. This to. is just so. I will never awesomely make geeky. No, I think it's great. And then it will, then it says it's you know they're located on the southern side of the yeah. vineyard yeah. on slopes that have less topsoil, which make the vines work harder. Yes, and in case of making wine, making the wines work harder is a good thing. Yes, you. It's want not the like the wine. Vi- the vines are like I'm struggling, so yeah. screw you. I'm going to give you some shitty grapes. The more you make them struggle, the, the more they give you. Yes, that's why you often see the the better vineyards are planted on slopes because they have all that runoff and all of the nutrients then go to the valley floor where you plant like produce. Because okay. those things need the nutrient rich soils. 
grapes should not have nutrient-rich soils, or you're going to have very flabby, overproduced wine. You know? Okay. Yeah. You don't want happy, healthy grapes. You want them to have a what, little. What year stress. is this one again? I think it was 21, 22. 22. 22. And that's, is that the black label, right? That's the black label estate. Um, the estate grapes. I'm going to give you just a couple more quick things about this. Please. 2022 is a long, extended vintage. Hot and dry early summer mm. sets that fruit up, right? Like when, you, when it's hot and dry in the early yeah, parts. Yeah, you don't want to be too hot, though. Um, again, summer salad with this. Oysters, scallops, prawns. Uh, salads. All right, this is a goat good cheese. one. Goat cheese. Sauvignon oh. Blanc and goat cheese. Really? That's the Thanks, way to go? Mary. Like spread it on a little bit of yeah, cracker? Yeah, like a little tart or something, you know, oh, like a little goat man. cheese tart with some chives. Some people call me a little tart sometimes. <laughs> I'll yeah. bet they do, Dad. Mm-hmm. I'll bet yeah. they do. The holidays are coming. That's right. Thanksgiving, right around the corner. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all right around the corner. What does that mean, by the way, right around the corner? You turn and you see it. What if you walk by? What if you keep going straight? Do you miss it? Do you miss the holidays? I don't know. I'm rambling. Uh, anyway, the holidays are here. You're throwing a party and you, you gotta, you're going to make some cocktails. If you use subpar mixers, you're going to get subpar drinks. And that's why I'm all about the Fresh Victor. Fresh Victor is a line of all natural, clean label cocktail mixers that brings the magic of master mixologists into your home feature a bunch of unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. All of the ingredients in Fresh Victor mixers are fair trade source. There's no artificial anything and they're produced at a 100% solar powered juicing plant where there's no waste. Right now Fresh Victor is offering a holiday special exclusively for you listeners of the WWD podcast. Simply go to freshvictor.com and put a bunch of mixers in your shopping cart. And when you check out, enter promo code FVDAN20 to get 20% off your order. Again, that's FVDAN20. 20% off. It's the ultimate holiday gift to yourself and to your party guests. So what are you waiting for? Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market. And that's Fresh Victor. When the only sound is the frozen silence of winter, you go to work. Throwing mountains of snow back into the sky. And when the track becomes a railroad again, it's Miller time. Time to head for the best tasting beer you can find. Miller High Life. If you've got the time, we've got the beer. Miller Beer. Miller Beer. All right, let's do... uh, Chardonnay. What are we going to do now? We're going to do Chardonnay. Um, This is Jules Taylor. Jules Taylor. Yeah, give me... Rinse me out here, will you? Thank you. All right. Um, It was started by by Jules and George. That's the couple. And it's uh-huh. a uh, Marlboro, as you mentioned, is probably the best known. Would you say it's the best known region? For the average wine consumer, what I would say, undoubtedly, when they think of New Zealand wines, they think Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc. So Jules is making the wine, and she was very influenced by Italian mm, wines. Like so, that. you know, her philosophy is a lot to do with pairing with food. Which Good that's girl. what we're doing. Um, Good woman. So this is 2001 that this winery came into being, and it was just a, like a little moon lighting project. 200 cases that they did. Teeny. And uh, all right, let's try this. Nice. Now Chardonnay, I get. I'm gonna imagine yeah. before I've even tried it. This is not going to be like the Chardonnay I get here in California, right? Depending on what Chardonnay you're talking about, yeah. yes. I, I think I know where you're going with this. Like buttery, oaky, that you're not going to get that here. No. Okay, let me see here. Mm. And correct. Correct. <laughs> not. It does have a little texture. I think they mentioned they use like, what, like 10% new oak, which gives a little yeah. so texture, it's a little butter and other stuff. Not, not buttery. It's, um, so Chardonnay in that region, if I'm not wrong, is sort of, not considered, you know, the, it's certainly not one of the 
first varietals you would think of. With no, New number Zealand. one will be Sauvignon Blanc. Just most of the vineyards in Marlborough are Sauvignon Blanc, but they have a lot of other great white varietals there as well, like Chardonnay, Pinot Gris, Riesling. So there is a decent amount of Chardonnay there. Yeah, you just said ten percent new oak, 10% partial new oak. malolactic. Yes, this is a. I mean, it's a word that gets used a lot, but it kind of tastes like a little bit of an elegant wine to it me. It is elegant. Do you think it's so? It's got a little kind of butterscotchy uh, note and texture Do you think it's priced it. think elegantly? It's nice. What's the price? $22. I think that's priced nicely. I think that's a nice price for the Chardonnay. And this is a really great introduction to, to what New Zealand's capable of as far as Chardonnay goes. Although, you know, Chardonnay, it's a very blank slate of a grape. It really depends what the winemaker wants to do with it. They can slap on a ton of new oak, do full malolactic fermentation, and it's going to be really oaky and really buttery. And they can get really ripe grapes to make it like high alcohol and like, whoa. Or you can pick early and have a low alcohol wine with stainless steel and it's like a razor. You What's get your the, Chablis, Does it say you know? what the alcohol is on this one? This one is probably moderate. I would say like around like 13, 13.5. Let's see. Because the, the ones they're doing here in California are like, what, 35%? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> in Napa, like the 16%. So, <laughs> It'll get you drunk! Napa, Napa does make some very um, textural Chardonnay for the most part. Not everybody. Again, it varies. <laughs> but no, this is a lovely one. It's a little creamy. This would be really nice with like a creamy pasta dish. Yeah, or this like is... like a fish in a butter sauce, like a delicate fish in a, you know... It's fruity. Lobster uh, with... Chicken noodle soup, maybe? Hell yeah, A little not? bit of chicken noodle soup why here. Not? A roast pumpkin, possibly. Ooh, are we getting, we're getting into that time. Of, well, we're getting into that time of year. It, we are. That's with, true. The, with the Thanksgiving. This is a great white wine for all of your holidays, honestly. It's a people pleaser. And it'll change some people's mind about Chardonnay. You pour it for them, and they're like, oh. That's How about nice. Brie cheese. Like a Fuck baked yeah. a baked brie a cheese. Brie crew. Ooh. With like a little apple compote on the top. So when you were doing that show on Som TV, uh, what was it called again? The uh, the competition. Sparklers. Sparklers. Yeah. You had to make food. I did. And pair. So when you were, it was a show. Go check it out on Som TV. You won. That was fun. You won. Spoiler. Well, it was a couple of years ago. It it's like when people now and you're like, uh, you'd be at the dinner or something. You're talking about Breaking Bad and you're starting to go, don't, don't say anything. People still say that. Though. Like, son of a bitch, it ended 10 years ago. You know, uh, several years ago, Claire won this competition. I'm sorry if oh, I'm God. ruining this prize, but go check it out. But I'm wondering when you, no. when you take a sip, at least back then when you were doing that, yeah. are you immediately thinking yes. food like <laughs> what can i do here yeah because you had to you had to do that well to win in that the, mode yeah i mean yeah. it was you know but I is that struggling. is that sort of instinctive to you now like when you taste the wine go oh i know what i would i, know I would, would say I would if it's this. a if it's a wine that really inspires me and that i think is incredibly delicious you know that kind of like makes me light up then i'm just yeah i'm like what can i eat with this yeah this <laughs> or one's, i'll drink it by itself but. this one's great i'm, I'm yeah, digging this as well it's uh you got a lot of citrus on there, a little red apple going on, a little bit of nougat, maybe a little vanilla, a little vanilla on, that's on, on, the, on all that, and uh, some nutty. Yeah, te- you, you talked about that earlier too with yeah. the with the bubbly, but mm-hmm. I'm getting the nuttiness in this wine here too. Oh sure, like the little um, like marzipani creaminess. She's crazy, moosey. It's nutty. It's a little moosey. Um, okay, so now we've got. We We're knocked out reds? three whites. We're going to go, you want to go uh, Pinot Noir? Let's go Pinot Noir, and then we'll get slightly more uh, robust. How about we do the Taylor's Pass okay. Pinot Noir? Okay. Um, Taylor's Pass is from Marlborough. So we're still in the same area. Same area. The great. northern bank of the Awateri River. Am I saying I that so, correctly? Yeah. yeah. Um, which is like in the southern part of Marlborough, correct? Yeah, and this yeah. is let's get in here. I like to tell everybody what this stuff costs. Okay, yeah. this one's on the one of the more one of the pricier ones that we're gonna yeah, have. This is a forty five dollar around that area, forty five fifty bucks for this thing. Can't say I'm surprised, but I'm okay. Sure and that's the name. Of the, so the, just so we know, the the name of the vineyard is hold on, not Taylor's Pass. Taylor's Pass it is, is the, uh, Via Maria. That's it. Okay. Uh, and this is a single vineyard. Taylor's Pass is yeah. the name of the the site where yes, where we're the where they're getting this. Oh, there we go. Let me break There's that. A and I'll break that. And I'll break that. I there got you. Go. I got you. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So this one, uh, first off, very like Holy ruby shit. red color on this. This thing's. I'm ready. See, this is one of those wines that makes me light up, and now I'm thinking what I want to eat with it. This is one of those. Really? Yeah. And it's a twenty. It smells so good. Twenty twenty one. Smells so good. Okay. Uh, yes. All right. Single vineyard, the Taylor uh, Taylor's Pass site, 
right off the nose, I'm getting like blackberries and blueberries. There's berries happening here. Definitely some berries. Baking spices. Black, there's cherry, there's strawberry. There is baking spice for sure. That's great. Mushrooms. There's this kind of foresty floor thing. That's the wonderful thing about Pinot Noir. Like a good Pinot Noir should have the fruit, but there also needs to be this kind of like earthy funkiness. Is it okay with the thumb? Okay. That's one of the things about a great Pinot Noir is, yeah, you have all the berry fruit, but then you also got to have like this kind of earthy, funky, kind of like sweaty, sexy thing going on. And there's like this like bacon. I don't know. There's just something like really sexy and earthy about it underneath all the fruit. And that's a Pinot Noir should have that. Yeah, there's this is really interesting. Um, All right, I'll tell you this, and I don't know if this is going to mean anything, but the vines, 63% clone five. Does that mean anything to you? None There's of so this? many Pinot Noir clones, clones and I, okay. I wish that I like memorized them. I wish I was more studious, but I, I know um, a couple. So it's, oh, wow. it, you're, you get the Pacific Ocean here. You're going to get the yeah. southerly breezes that come up. Oh, yeah. This is 100% Pinot Noir, 13.5% alcohol, pH 3.65. What does that mean to you, Claire? It's acidity. That's the, it means it's going to yeah. be a little higher in acid. Mm. The lower the pH, the higher your finished acidity will be. Mixed of de-stemmed and whole clusters. Oh, cool. Tell us a little bit about that. So that means they're going to be... So some of the grapes, when they're de-stemmed, that means you're picking the berries off the stems, as you would imagine. And then whole cluster, you're pressing the berries with the skin, with the stems. So it's giving it a little bit more tannic structure. So tannin's the part that kind of like dries your mouth out and gives you the, um, like the uh, sandpaper gums, if you will. Um, but it also gives it these really cool kind of green cracked pepper components as well. These rotundan components is what we call them i like that the fruit isn't like jammy yeah Yeah. it's it's more subtle uh i wonder what the maturation has to do with that was 14 months in 30 percent new french oak Mm -hmm. and then nine months to settle in the tank how does that influence the taste of the wine so with the new french oak um French oak is a, has slightly, new French oak has slightly different qualities than new American oak. So with new French oak, you're going to get baking spices, maybe a little vanilla, predominantly baking spices though. When you introduce new American oak, then you're getting things like coconut, dill, bananas sometimes as well. So with the French oak, it just adds, it's a little more subtle sometimes. Again, depends on the winemaker, but uh, Pinot Noir itself is like a very finicky grape. You need somebody who really knows what they're doing to make a good Pinot Noir. And then new oak is expensive, so that also plays into cost. Okay. I'm going to meat. You're going to, this is going to, the food pairing with this is going to be like meat. Meat, but nothing like too heavy or powerful. Lamb, duck, maybe? Could, I mean, New Zealand's famous for their lamb, for sure. Duck, absolutely. Great with uh, grilled poultry. Great with mushroom dishes. Mm. Like a mushroom risotto in this. With maybe a little shaved black truffle on top. Yeah. Get out of here. So yeah, it's really good. The tannins on this, so not not too. It's kind of it's soft. It's it's you know it's it's there, but it's not like polished. Very polished. How about that? Good call. I like it. And this a uh, harmony in this wine, I think. And there's also a very velvety. I'm getting that very velvety mouthfeel to this it's one. Lovely. This is a delicious wine. Medium bodied. Uh, and again, we're talking Via Maria. Rhymes. Taylor's Pass Pinot Noir, and what year? What are you at? 21, 22, 21, 21, 21 right? Marlboro, New Zealand, 45 yeah. bucks bottle. Get it. Makes sense. All right. It's worth the price. Man, I'm digging this. All right, now yeah. we're going to go on to the, uh, I'm going to mess up the name of this. Tewanga? Yes. Tewanga? Tewanga. Tewanga. Wild Song is the name of the expression of this wine. Am I using? Am I saying the right there? This is a this is a Syrah, and all of these, by the way, are none of the excuse me none of the wines that we've had are cork. It's all screw cap. Yeah, and which is kind of common for New Zealand, right? Yeah, New Zealand. A lot of new like New Zealand. You'll see some in Australia too, and then South Africa. You'll see a lot of, of the New cap World wines. Kind of, yeah, and is that obviously you're eliminating corked wines? You're eliminating the possibility. But why of- would the old world wines? Not do that. Why wouldn't they do it? Tradition, snobbery, mostly. a little bit, possibly. Of, yeah, you could say snobbery and tradition. There are a lot of people. They just like their corks. They like their corks. They like that it's an organic thing and that it can kind of shift and that it does give their wine a little bit of oxygen when it's laying down in bottle because your cork does shrink a little bit and okay. release a little oxygen. So they like that organic interaction with their wine, and some of those wine need that little extra 
kick of oxygen while they're slowly aging in bottle. Okay. Yeah. So this keeps it like really tight. Sometimes screw cap wines need more time to open up. Yeah. I'm, I'm, this one, so this is from the Hawks Bay region. Yeah. Uh, so and actually, the next wine we're going to have is also from us. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. Hawks Bay? Or? So now we're on the North Island, and we're kind of on the, the northern end of it, on the uh, eastern side. It's a bay, Hawks Bay, as you'd imagine. And this is a site, it's it's kind of one of the, the warmest sites in New Zealand. And so you have grapes here that are doing well, grapes like Rhone varietals like Syrah that do fantastic here. Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon are great here as well. We're going to be drinking a Malbec from here. So these grapes that need a little bit more sun to ripen and, and fully realize okay. a delicious wine like this. Um, so yeah, the Syrahs are, I'm excited. And this is a 2021. The price on this is $25. Very good. A bottle. Uh, and now we're going to go taste it. Oh, and one other thing before we even get into tasting notes, they, they're stressing here that this is a vegan wine. Sure. What does that mean? I mean, so, we know what vegan means, but what does yeah. it mean when it comes to wine? So with vegan, with wine, they go through a lot of them that aren't um, natural wines. They go through a process called fining and filtering. And so that's when they are taking out all the little particulate that's in the wine. And a lot of wineries will use things like egg whites or fish bladder. And I can't stress enough that these things are removed before the wine is bottled. So they just they naturally attract all that particulate and pull them out. And because of that, those wines are then not vegan. Would it be funny if they left it in by accident? You're at a restaurant, you took a sip, and you just spit out this big blob of stuff, and you go, "What was that? Oh, it's like fish, fish bladder. bladder. Damn fish it, fish bladder. Whoops. My bad. Whoops. They left it in there. I always wonder though, like, because a lot of these, like, some of these vegan wines are machine harvested, and unlike a person who's hand picking wines and can see like the little critters in the vineyards. Machines don't see that. So, like, a lot of animals die in the process of machine-harvested wine. So, yeah. can they say they're vegan? Uh, I don't I know. I guess they can say whatever they want. Uh, 13% alcohol on this. <laughs> uh, it does say it contains sulfites, though. Yes. So it's, Every you, wine you know what? contains sulfites. If you're vegan, fine. But if you're sulfite-averse, uh, better stay away. All right, I'm going right off the note, right off mm. the top. I got mm. a little cinnamon. That would be Is oak. that unusual? No. Is that part that of the Syrah? No, that would be, that's oak. That mm. you're getting cinnamon clove. But Syrah is going to have really nice, also kind of some meaty notes, pepper, sometimes smoked meat, especially when you're getting into like northern Rhone Syrahs. But this has it as well. Because they're, restra- they're on the more restrained side of Syrah as well. This is the it's nice. more intense than the, the Pinot Noir. I think it's a little bit heavier. It's more robust, for sure. And yeah. that's just the grape varietal, right? That's the, the grape varietal. Pinot Noir is a thin, scr- Pinot Noir is a thin-skinned grape. Tends to make lighter-bodied, uh, more elegant wines, if you will. But Syrah is—it's not a heavy wine. Some winemakers make Syrah into very heavy wines, where it's a lot of jammy fruit, high alcohol again. But you can make it into something that's really restrained and elegant as well. But it's going to be a little more robust than a Pinot Noir. So, what would you eat with this? So this—this this is a great like barbecue wine. Uh, great with so this is a steak wine to me for me as well. Like we're starting to get into steak territory. Um, I think this would be lovely with like a charcuterie board, like a slightly okay. spicy kind of kind of meat. Still great with duck though and lamb. Excellent with that. Stews. Yeah. This is a great fall wine. What yeah. I what I really appreciate a lot about my experience at least with New Zealand wines is you're not I haven't had anything from New Zealand and I and I don't mean this in a bad way, but where you get surprised and not pleasantly so. With New Zealand, I think there's That's a great. consistency with New Zealand wines where they they pick their lane yeah. and they know what they're doing yeah. and they do that. And that's a hard thing to do for a new wine region when you have all of these things at your disposal. You can plant any of these grapes and have to kind of figure out what works best. And they figured it out in a very short amount of time yeah. and are just making better quality wines each in each vintage. And, very and, impressive. And again, by that, I don't mean that they're not being, because as Claire mentioned earlier, they get to play around a little bit more. Absolutely. They have less rules and regulations yeah. on what they can do. But I think once they go, oh, this is our thing. Mm-hmm. This is what we're good at. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep doing it. And um, another and example. And room to play more too, because once you find your backbone and stuff that will bring in, you know, revenue, then you can start doing the little fringe experiments and start getting fun and funky too. Yeah. You know, so so we, cool am I saying it right though, Claire? Te Awanga. It's T E A W A N G A. That's what I believe. Is that what you'd say? Yes. 
It's we're probably botching. It's probably, probably completely di- wild Marish. song. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. You are wild sure. song. <laughs> wild song. Which do you know what that means in? Uh, What's the language in New Zealand? Maori? Maori? I don't know. Do you know what wild song means? No. Uh, it's like when you're singing and it's crazy. Is it really? Yeah, it's, your, it like, it's your little heart song, I'm your crazy that up. heart I'm song. That that's terrible. Um, I bought that. I'm so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I think, oh, here they come. Oh, no. It's LA. They knew we're here. Um, so again, uh, 25 bucks, Tewanga Wild that's Song good. Syrah. Is there a year on this one? I don't even know. Your clo- oh, where is it? Hold on, we'll let the fire, we'll let yeah. the trucks go by. Okay. 2020. You and know now we're lo- going to go on to... Uh, our last wine. Yeah, I That's know. Sad. We, we've blown through this today. I wonder what's going we on. We tend to blow through our wines. Moving way too fast. Um, all right, this one's a special, they're all special, but this one is special for me because, as I mentioned yeah. to Claire off the air, the winery is called Decibel. And Decibel is made by a good friend of mine named Dan Brennan. Uh, As you can probably tell, or if you listen to the show, you know I'm from Philadelphia. And Dan Brennan grew up across the Delaware River in a a little place called New Jersey. New Jersey. That's right. He's a Jersey boy. And Dan's family owns an old bar in Philadelphia. And you don't see a lot of Jersey boys making wine in New Zealand. So Dan went over there many years ago. He wanted to learn how to make wine, and he he saw some sort of an apprenticeship program, and he went over there with the intention of learning to make wine in New Zealand. no experience in the States No experience, yeah, no experience. Just The only experience he had was growing up in a family that owns bars, so he was familiar with adult beverages. (laughs) But yeah, as as far as I remember, Dan never trained at all here he went over there that was his first exposure and not only did he fall in love with winemaking he fell in love with new zealand and he never left and yeah. he stayed over there and he's still there and i this last time we talked he told me he's got no no plans to ever come back i wouldn't either have um, you seen that place and yeah it's, it's so, so beautiful <laughs> decibel is his winery and dan has now established himself as one of the premier winemakers over there as well which is incredible oh, yeah, dan. uh this is the Hawks Bay Malbec at 2021, $32 a bottle. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Malbec. Oh, let's. So Malbec, is, uh, that's, it's got a cool story. It's originally from uh, southwestern France uh, and then moved up to Bordeaux. And before uh, the late 1800s, it was one of the most planted grapes in Bordeaux. Then after a root louse called phylloxera came along and kind of wiped out all the vineyards, once they eventually recovered and replanted, they're like, Malbec's kind of finicky. It's not super, like, profitable for us. So they planted very little. So it's used sparingly in blends in Bordeaux still. Very small amounts. Usually you'll see, like, 2 to 6% Malbec blended in. Some sort of emergency happening here. It's Grand Theft Auto. There we go. Um... So then uh, they had discovered in Argentina that Malbec was planted there. They thought it was another grape, and I can't remember what it was at this point. Oh, they thought it was a different grape. What was it? Yeah. Um, hmm. But it turned out that, uh, that this grape was Malbec, and it hadn't been planted very well. They hadn't been putting much uh, effort into to growing it specifically for what that grape needed. And then a winemaker called Paul Hobbs... American winemaker, <coughs> might have heard yes, of him. Heard he of came Hobbs. along and helped out uh, in training the vines a little bit higher off the ground and, and using oak, which really helps with Malbec. Um, and it just took off. Like Argentinian Malbec, frick. Yeah. It took off. Hot. You say frick. Frick. I'm trying to be more ladylike. I got it. And here I am dropping F bombs like, all over the fuck. place. I apologize. No, I'm surprised. I said You're it from myself. Chicago. Come on. I know. Who am I? If you go home and say frick in Chicago, I don't. They're, they're kick you right out. They'll be like, get well, out frick. of here. Oh, gosh. When you go to Bears games, you're like, come on, you frickin' yeah, frickin'. Bears. Yeah, frickin' <laughs> Come idiot. on, Bears. Yeah, frickin' Bears. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Anyway. So Malbec. All right. Malbec. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it tends to produce wines that have like deep pigment, like this deep purple well, pigment. I, mean, which, which, I was just going to say the color on this like, is just shit, right? deep purple, this right? This is going to turn know. your teeth black, people. Yeah, and, like and it's, I, I mean, it. when I'm smelling it, it's just, you know, you oh, got yeah. plum going on, right? And Deep black and blue fruits. Wow. Blueberry. Mmm. Okay. Delicious. Dan's been making this Malbec, uh, or you say Malbec. Malbec? Malbec. Malbec. I say Malbec. Whatever you want. Um, since 2009. Frick. Yeah. Black cherry. A lot of 
This a lot is a of boy. fruit there. This is Good fruit and, and spicy too, right? Oh yeah, like black pepper. It's got I don't know what oak usage he's using, but it has baking spices again. A little vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's the, nice. The though. tannins it's are a nice. Malbec. This is the most tannic wine I think that For we've sure. had without without a doubt. For sure. Um, okay, I'll give you some wine making notes here. Fruit had five day cold soak for natural fermentation kicked in 25 days on skins tell us what's that mean that's how long the juice sits with a cap of skin so you know they crush the grapes juices run off but the skins are still there skins give the wine pigment okay all grape juice is clear the only reason this wine is red is because it sat on the skins for 25 days wow people didn't know that no you can make a white people are saying that yeah Yeah. uh neutral french oak yeah, so it's Barrels. not putting a yeah. ton of like oak is like seasoning, you know. If you put too much salt on something, huh. you ruin it. Twenty-one months in uh, the barrel, mm-hmm. and this came out in March of twenty-three, so recently. Wow. Yes, which is crazy. So you also have to remember they're on the other side of the globe from us, mm-hmm. so they harvest at completely different times. We tend to harvest, you know, depending on the year, August through. What's well, getting November. earlier, isn't it? Because of this year was late as shit. Was it really? People weren't harvesting until like they were harvesting their white grapes in like September, like end of September, which isn't like some people just brought in their last fruit Is a that, couple that's weeks ago. Good though, right? Because depends. I mean, and then the year before there was a huge heat spike in September, and they'd pull in all their fruit like crazy people, like really fast. You know, when I wrote American Wino, or when I went on the trip that would yield the book American Wino mm-hmm. was 2014. And I left in the beginning of September, and I'm like, this is perfect. I'm going to be hitting all the wineries right when they're doing And I got up to Napa, and, so, and they were already picked. Yeah. And this is in the beginning of September. That's, it dep- again, it depends on the year. This year, they, I was up there around that time, and nothing. They were waiting still. Wow. It's crazy. Food on this? Any, any thoughts on what now, you might want to? No, this wanna- is where, like, this is, New Zealand is known for their lamb. This is your lamb wine. Why are sure. they known but for like, the lamb? Because they, they have a, a lot of, of sheep. Them. They had a lot of sheep. <laughs> they had a lot of sheep. That's what they were known for for a long time. One time I went to, uh, I've been to Scotland a bunch of times, but mm. on one of my trips to Scotland, I went, there's an island, just a island. very remote island where they herd oh. sheep. And we got, we were on a 105 foot brigantine boat, you know, an old tall ship. And we were sailing up to uh, Skye, the Isle of Skye, where Talisker is. But we hit a, a really bad storm. On the way, like I'm talking 30 Holy foot swells, right? Holy shit. And we had to divert to this island. It's called Canna. Uh, and we went to Canna and we had to dock there. We had to get off the ocean and we had to get out of the open sea because we might die and, <laughs> uh, and wait out the storm. And I found out that Canna is just an uh, just island where they strictly herd sheep. There was like one guy there that ran the island, basically. And he, I said, well, who lives here? It's like me. And he said, uh, basically, there's like 20 sheep herders. They come, in, they come in from the mainland and they do like three, four-week shifts where they live out there. Oh, but he, cool. here's how he said it. He said, uh, 20 guys and thousands of very skittish sheep. <laughs> and it took me a second to figure out what he meant. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> so, oh. He was messing with you, though. He was fucking with you, for uh, sure. I hope so. I really hope so. For the sake of those <laughs> I sheep. I really hope so, for the poor sheep's sake. Poor sheep. um, So, all right. I, hard to catch, though, weren't I they? loved all of these. Did you have a favorite? Well, I would say <sighs> Decibel, because it's my friend's wine. No. That's no. I, I don't know. I really don't. I tough. really think we had a nice mix, because we... I, did we did we repeat any varietal? We didn't. No, 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 no. So, unless you consider like the Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. In the Chardonnay, yeah. So we but. we had a we had a Sauvignon Blanc, a Chardonnay, yeah. a Malbec, a Pinot Noir, and a Syrah. This is a wonderful slice of what New Zealand is capable of, and every single one of them. And is what's crazy is I didn't wine. even plan it like that. You didn't. It just sort of happened. That's lovely. Oddly enough, the universe provides. Every once in a while, I do things that seem like they're well thought out, but. Almost always, so little thought goes into what I do. I that, understand uh, that. That's why I have you on. Yep. Because you're a thinker. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm good at asking you what you think. I think these are great wines. I think this, these are all good, and I will post these on at the Imbiber is my Instagram. I'll put some stuff. I'll have some video up there of, of Claire and I. 
And again, tell us more about the movie that's that's out now. Yeah, some uh, follow Psalm TV streaming and Psalm Films, and the film Psalm Cup of Salvation is out in theaters all over the country, soon to be the world. Um, and we're really excited. We have a week-long run in New York City at the Angelica Theater starting December 8th and running through the 14th. So if you're in New York, you absolutely need to keep your eyes peeled for these tickets because there are going to be Q&As with the director, are other cast be members. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. But you there were- will be amazing like dinner events, wine tastings with the wines in the film, including maybe the Iranian the wine. The Iranian wine? Maybe. But you can buy the Iranian wine online right now if you want to taste something completely unique and incredible that okay. you will never taste again. Do you know the name of the wine? So the grape is called Russia, and it's an Iranian indigenous grape. And the Russia? Grape, Russia. R-A-S-H-E-A. It's called Russia? S-H-E-A. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds like Russia, but it's Russia. I feel like you're messing with me I right am. now. You're it's picking Russia. all the regions where shit's going on. I know, right? Like, Iranian Russia. and Russia. But and it's a, uh, a beautiful wine. It's called Molana, and it's... Do you ever Completely think about unique. doing your own wine? You must think. About I do, it. but then like I have so many. I have friends that are making wine, and they all say, "Don't fucking do it. Don't freaking do it. Don't freaking do it." Yeah. Because it's it's. I mean, it's in a, it's got to be the most rewarding thing in the world, right? To have this this land. If if you do happen to have your own vineyards, that you're working and making all these decisions, and then you make a beautiful wine like this. How beautiful is that to work with the land and produce this? But I think I would lose my mind because. I'm too, I like to be in control of things. And you can't You would mine. be in control of No, because there's nature. Well. I can't control but, nature. I mean, you, you can certainly take steps to at we'll least see. tame it a little bit. I need to make a, a few, few more million. Yeah, more or million, move out sure. of here. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, buying anything, any uh, uh, vineyard space in, in the West Coast of That's the United States happen. is not going to happen. That's never going to happen. You know, you could. They are. They do make wine in every state in the United States. They do. I just had Utah wine for the first time. How was that? It was okay. <laughs> there were a couple that were okay. I'm not going to lie to you. There were a couple that I was actually very surprised by. What part of Utah are they making? Southwestern is okay. the best place. Yeah, like close to Zion. Well, you know, when I did wine, yeah. I mean, I went. I mean, I Louisiana, South Carolina. There's some places that are making cool wine. You should always check it out. In 14, when I did it. I will say beyond the beyond California, Oregon, and Washington, mm-hmm. which I would say are the that's sort of the crown jewels of American one. winemaking. Yeah. And then you've and then on the East Coast, you know, you've got New York yeah, State. But the places that really surprised me the most were Virginia. Yeah, those are getting good. Pennsylvania had some oh. decent wines. Uh, I had New Mexico sure. was really and Texas was the big one that really got me. That I thought, they're wow, they're they're doing it there. I'm surprised they were that good. Arizona too. 2014. Arizona is good. Michigan is apparently. I haven't tasted any. Recently. Well, the, I had. I went to the Paw Paw region of Michigan, and which oh. was I had some decent wines, and then I went up and had some of the uh, the Upper Peninsula. Uh, the Ubers. The what do you call them? Ice wine. Ice wines. Yeah. One of these days, Claire, why don't we do an episode where we where we just get wines. From America, yeah. but from regions you just would the not expect. Heroes. Kansas, Missouri. Yeah. I, had a, I had a decent wine from um, Nebraska. It was called Maletta Vista. Oh, so now we're getting into like hybrid clothes. It was like in the middle grapes. of. It was in the middle of Nebraska. They were very religious people, sure. and they had had a, a fire at the winery, uh, maybe a year or two before I got there. Right. And they had rebuilt it, and Shit. it looked great. And and, and I said, uh, "Wow, incredible that you were able to build this back up again." And and uh, she said, Loretta said, "Well, it was a lot of you know, it was a lot of hard work and determination, and of course, you know, God is always watching over us." Yeah. And I said, "Well." Maybe not always. He kind of created the fire. fire. <laughs> he was, he was taking a nap. I was kidding, and he laughed. And she did not. She didn't laugh. She did not she, laugh. She, she was immediately identified me as the heathen that I am. <laughs> yeah. And and again, let me stress: very nice people, really great wines, and I am a complete asshole when it comes to stuff like that. And I'll just say that off the bat. But who's not an asshole? She's a freaking great segue <laughs> wine expert, and we love her. Claire Copey, where can they find you on the social medias? 
So, <laughs> for me personally, it's at Claire underscore Kopi. And then SomTV streaming is at SomTV underscore streaming. And yeah, check out Cup of Salvation. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. Like, absolutely incredible. I was moved to tears. And will people be able to stream it? It's- Eventually, yeah, it will be on SomTV streaming. Yes. Okay. For now, and, it's in theaters. And is the what's the annual subscription of SomTV still around 50 bucks? Or? Yeah, it's we've... we've severely underpriced it because we're nice people unfortunately but it's uh 49.99 for an entire year or you can do 5.99 a month yeah i'm a subscriber thank you yeah i've been there's ever a lot of good I, stuff on there but ever since you got on there hey thanks yeah i got, on. I got you i got you <laughs> back well i'm hoping that claire will be back possibly before this year is out because we were discussing earlier that we might try to do a bubbly we'll we squeeze should. a bubbly episode in for the holidays and i'm just going to tell you right up straight up Today, you got a lot of knowledge. Claire laid a lot of specific details. And we did, when we do that bubbly episode, we're just going to get fricked up on that one. It'll get you drunk. And Yay. that's what we Can we just do an episode where we just plow through can I bubbly? Can talk about the different fermentation methods? No, none of that shit. We're just going to be like, what do you think? Just pop Thank it. God. Just pop it. And we'll have some food and we'll, okay. yeah. Because you know what? The only thing better than listening to drunk people ramble on is listening to drunk and ramble on while they're chewing into the microphone. Totally. Yes. It's like drunkenly (laughs) stuffing fries into our mouths. And on that note, I want to thank our friends here at Hatchet Hall for hosting us. Please, I cannot stress to you enough. Louis Ryan, the owner, and his team here, Duncan and the and the chefs and everybody else that are here, they do a fantastic job. If you ever get a chance, you gotta come to Hatchet Hall. I wanna thank them for for having us. Of course, I want to thank all of you out there listening. You have so many options the podcast. Well, you could be listening to the Smartless. You could be listening to Joe Rogan. The Call Me Daddy. Call her daddy. Call her daddy. Let's call her daddy. That's the one. That's a huge podcast. You can be listening. And you know what? You should listen to those. But you should also listen to us. And you are listening to us. And I thank you. And I love you for that. Uh, And that's it. We're out. Bye.